All right, friends. Well, we've shipped Dave off to a uh, birthday trip to Maine. So the last time I talked with him, he had arrived. He was getting set to go fishing. So uh, hopefully he's ex experiencing some great fishing, having fun with his family. Uh, we're going to put a pause on our Job series. We'll let Dave pick that up uh, next week. Um, and I also want to let you know that I'm not going to use a PowerPoint today. So uh, if you, you should have grabbed a Bible, pen, paper, I want to give you just a couple passages that we're going to be using this morning. And the first one, you can write these down um, so you can look them up while we're, while we're doing our thing. Uh, Psalm 88, verse 14. Psalm 42, verse 3. And Lamentations 2, verse 18. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but um, has anybody else feel like their life has turned and flipped upside down? Um, it's it's hard for me to even understand that is that is the what is it the fifty sixth day of Febdemder? Yeah, uh, already. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like we're walking around in mud and applesauce. Um, it's just kind of crazy, you know. We've been shaken up by. All of this COVID stuff, I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm here to talking about it. Um, but the reality is it's wreaked havoc, hasn't it? It's messed with our expectations. It's created all sorts of disappointment. Our, our graduates, our, our birthday parties, their drive-by wave as they go. Everything is turned, flipped upside down. Um, we're disappointed. We're hurting. We, we don't necessarily know quite what to think of it, right? Making things worse are, are the divides we see over that. I mean, there's partisan divides over, over COVID-19 and how to deal with it. There's blaming, there's shaming, there's, there's digs, and, and, and it's like, it's a mess, right? It's a mess. And, and on top of that, now the world is looking on as the reality of racism has exploded in our world again. After the horrific murders of Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia, Breonna Taylor in Louisville, and George Floyd in Minneapolis, these coming on the heels of the lynching of Emmett Lewis Till, a 14-year-old African-American boy who was lynched in Mississippi in 1955. It hasn't ended, friends. I find myself lamenting over this 400 years of our history of this long sin of racism that's alive and well in our country. I lament that when our black brothers and sisters experience this unjust violence, you know, it's one thing for, for someone to get shot. It's another thing for that person to get in trouble. Right? When it takes days and weeks and months and years, maybe, for them to receive justice, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's sin. And I lament, I'm stirred up over the systems of power and oppression that have allowed racism to continue to breathe. There's a lot of stuff Probably like you, my emotions have been ping-ponged between confusion and anger in the last months, especially the last few weeks. 
Last week, while all of this was swirling, I, I was asking the Lord what to, what to even preach on. You know, I, I, um, I wanted to preach on something cute and fuzzy like puppies and, and, and smiley, happy things like rainbows. Um, but I landed on this spiritual practice of lament. Because anything else just seemed disingenuous given the times that we're in. So we're going to talk about the spiritual practice of lament. And the definition for this is, is the spiritual practice. They are prayers of lament. They're ways to approach God with the realities of sorrow, frustration, and angst that threaten to consume and distract us. Dr. Soon Chun Ra, a professor of church growth and evangelism at North Park University in Chicago, has written a commentary on the Book of Lamentations called Prophetic Lament, which basically means he's written a book uh, about a bunch of stuff that we don't really want to hear probably because it might bring some conviction. So I just want to say that uh, whatever I say this morning, I'm just going to blame it on um, Dr. Soon Chun Ra, and you can send your emails and angry texts to him, and uh, he will be sure to get back to you, I'm sure. So, uh, I joke. I joke. But if you want to send him stuff, that's fine. That's great. So, anyway, Ra contends that lament was an important part of the worship life of ancient Israel. But lament has been lost, he says, in many of our churches here in North America. Here we focus on triumph and victory and success, right? As part of that dominant American ideal. And, and so we even see that in the church. The church is grabbing for power. We want to triumph and we want victory, right? We see problems in the world and we try to use our power and money to solve them. And he says that we begin um, to believe that we are the answers to the world's problems. That we can fix the problems that we, that we run into. The difference here, right, is Israel was oppressed. Nearly the entire Bible was written to an oppressed people. A people who were powerless. And yet Christianity flourished without power. Ra believes that our celebration and praise must be balanced with lament. It must be balanced. He says, what do we, what do we lose as a result of this imbalance? American Christians that flourish under the existing system seek to maintain the existing dynamics of inequality and remain in the theology of celebration over and against the theology of suffering. Friends, this is why we're studying the book of Job, right? We want to build a healthy, robust theology of suffering because we are going to suffer. We do suffer. Um, and lament comes on the heels of suffering, right? Um, and what a time to be studying Job and suffering and then seeing the news cycle. Um, it's just, it's amazing to me. And it really does seem like God's trying to open our eyes to the realities that maybe we've skimmed over or we've happy-go-lucky pretended like aren't really there, 
even, even as Christ's church. Ra goes on, promoting one perspective over the other, however, diminishes our theological conversation. To only have a theology of celebration at the cost of a theology of suffering is incomplete. The intersection of the two threads provides the opportunity to engage in the fullness of the gospel message. Lament and praise must go hand in hand. Psalm 88. You should have that. You can flip open. Uh, Psalm 88, verse 14, 15, and 18. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and, and am in despair. You have taken from me my friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. You can feel the weight there, can't you? It affects us. It slows me down to read that. What is going on in this psalmist's life? Flip over to Psalm 42, verse 3. It says, My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? Tears have been my food. I was talking to somebody recently who who explained that they were they were lamenting, they were they were laying prostrate on the floor and tears coming out of their eyes as they cried out to God. Right? An example of how to lament, a posture of of broken heart before God. That's what lament is. There are a lot of different laments in the Psalms. If you, um, I'd encourage you to make that a regular practice of yours, to read those when, when you're doing some heart work. Um, so we're going to look at Lamentations, uh, but I think we need to understand a little bit, or at least be reminded, you probably know uh, some of the content, content uh, context, I'm sorry, um, of Lamentations. It comes after the fall of Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar shows up, Babylon, well, Babylon the Great, the world power of the day, uh, came and sacked the city. The city's been destroyed. The able-bodied men, the leaders, the educators, the educated, are all taken away and sent into exile. And the only thing left is a broken-down city with broken-down walls and the poor and women, children, the elderly, lame, and the blind. The people that we would consider on the margins of society. And yet, friends, these are the voices, these are the suffering voices that emerge from the book of Lamentations. These are the voices that God desires for us to listen to. To sit at these folks' feet and learn from them. To learn what to do with our pain. What to do with our emotion. Lamentations 2.18 says, The hearts of the people cry out to the Lord, the walls of daughter Zion. Let your tears flow like a river, day and night. Give yourself no relief, your eyes no rest. You can feel that raw emotion. These people have been 
have been oppressed and disregarded. They've been homeless. They've been abused. They've been driven from their land. They have watched, uh, they've watched their, their family members, their countrymen, uh, unjustly killed. Right? Their culture has been ripped from them. These people are losers. These people have lost. They're weak. They have no answers. They have no power. They have no money to buy themselves out from underneath these difficult circumstances. And yet, and yet, they've not given up. And these are the people, I think, that, that can teach me and that can teach you about the character of our God. And about the character of God from, from a different angle and perhaps a different side. And I don't think that if we don't listen to them, I don't know that we will ever get to see that character of God. And so that's the invitation this morning. Is to come and see God. That is what this practice does for us. Walks us through. There are four steps that I want to go through. Uh, in developing a spiritual practice of lament. And the first one is this. Step one, we need to take the time to put words to the contents of our heart. We need to take time to do this, right? So even in the angst and the craziness, we need to say, oh, I have to do this. I have to say no to this and that. I have to sit down. I have to pay attention. See, I had a lot of consternation going on in my heart in the past couple weeks, as I'm sure you have as well. Right? And, and I just kind of skipped on by it. And the problem with that, um, the problem with not slowing down, is the angst doesn't go anywhere. It just roots itself in my heart. Right? Roots myself. Roots. And so that pressure valve, that pressure valve of lament, right? It never gets turned off. And so I get pressured and, and it doesn't flip. And, and, and I think when we don't lament, it turns into bitterness. It turns into anger. It turns into contempt for people. We look for people to blame. we got to find somebody to blame. And so we lash out. We find somebody to be an enemy instead of loving our enemies. Right? So when we're bad at lamenting, we're, we're bad at representing Jesus. And so, you know, I think about last week, Sharon Fitzpatrick did a, did a fantastic job of teaching us, like, pay attention to what's coming up out of our mouths, off our tongues, because it reveals what's going on in our heart. We have to pay attention, right? And so we want to put words to that so that we're, that's part of paying attention. And the fruit of that is we're honest. We can be honest with ourselves. We can realize what's going on. We can be honest with God, right? And we can drop, we can drop these things that break our hearts at His feet, and say, "God, I need you to do something about this," right? Step two of lament: We need to trust God to hold the pain while we cry out and express our emotions with our words, our tears, and our posture. We need to learn to trust God. Do you know God that way? Do you know that, that he can handle that? We've, we've listened to Job. Like Job's, Job has said some stuff. You're like, uh, Job, do you know who you're talking to? And yet Job knows who he's talking to. He's talking to his dad. He's talking to his father. And he, he can be raw. And he knows that God's not going to reject him. 
So we need to learn to trust, right? We need to practice that. Step three of lament. We need to lay down our rights and our power and the temptation to fix and to justify and to think we've got all the answers. We need to quit looking for people to blame and we need to sit. We need to sit in that uncomfortable place, that powerless place. The call of lament is to humbly examine ourselves before God. We may have some, some things that we need to repent of, that he wants to get to, gently, carefully, tenderly. Or maybe he wants to rip it right out, right? Personal sin, corporate sin, sins of our unconscious, ways that we're sinning that we don't, we, we don't even know about. We've never been taught or we are just largely unaware, right? The fruit of this is that we can go to the depths of pain with God rather than panicking, rather than trying to grab power, rather than trying to blame and fix and, and power up, um, rather than pointing fingers. So we need to lay down our rights. Step four of lament, we are reminded that lament, that God, in, in lament, that God is good. And it results in, in praising him in spite of our circumstances. The book of Lamentations, like, like the book of Job, challenges us to say, you know, maybe we don't have all the answers. Maybe, maybe we can't figure this thing out. Maybe our power really is no good. Maybe, maybe we can force people to do stuff, but it doesn't change their hearts. We can legislate and we can, we can, right? we can force people, we can, we can pound them into the earth, but it doesn't change their hearts. We don't have to do it, friends. We can quit being that fixer, but rather leave it there, close our mouth, and, and just praise God that He's got this, that He can change hearts. I do believe that God wants to change. He wants to reveal a different side of Himself, a side that we can only see through suffering and loss, our own and sitting in the suffering and in the loss of other people. Jesus, that's all Jesus did. That's all he did. He only hung out with people like the Black Lives Matters folks, prostitutes, tax collectors. Those are the people that Jesus loved. Those are the people that he says, church, love, go, care for the oppressed. There's a great gift in lamenting, friends. It's a needed practice for our day. I've actually asked uh, my wife Kaylee to share for a little bit um, how she's been practicing this spiritual practice, this discipline of lament, and how it has benefited her life. And uh, after she shares, uh, she's going to, uh, we're going to have a few minutes, and I want to kind of start a process of lament, kind of coach you through a little bit of that. So uh, we're going to show the video of Kaylee teaching, and we'll be right back. All right? Hi, friends. <clears throat> Wes asked if I would just share a few thoughts on lament um, and some ways that I am learning to practice it in my own life. And um, so I was looking through uh, some journal entries recently, which have had 
kind of greater number of prayers of lament in this season of life that is challenging. Um, and I was drawn to one entry a few weeks ago in particular. And in that entry, I just kind of sat with a question with God. And the question was, God, when is it okay to be angry? And I just wrote that to him and sat with it for a while. And um, he didn't give me an answer in that moment, but there was a sense that that is a really important question. Um, and there was a sense that it's probably more often than I've been led to believe. Um, so often anger is um, seen as uh, an inappropriate emotion and um, and I think everybody has different emotions that are more difficult to walk through. So for some, it might be sadness. For others, fear um, or shame or grief. Anger is definitely one of the more difficult emotions for me to engage with. And um, I've been working on it. I've been trying to pay attention to my anger instead of you know, shoving it down. And as I was thinking about that question, it um, reminded me of our book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And um, on page 126, they say, <clears throat> when we do not process before God the very feelings that make us human, such as fear or sadness or anger, we leak. Our churches are filled with leaking Christians who have not treated their emotions as a discipleship issue. Grieving is not possible without paying attention to our anger and sadness. And one thing that I have come to realize is that it's, it's impossible to walk around our emotions, our difficult emotions. They will come out in unhealthy ways if we don't pay attention to them. And so I'm learning to pay attention to the difficult emotions with God. and. When I think about Jesus, he showed us what it's like to be fully human with all of the emotions. He showed us that in his tears and in his anger and in his grief and in his compassion. Um, he helped us to understand that uh, emotions are part of what make us human. And as I think about this moment that we're in, we're kind of in a moment of, of collective suffering. And I know that for some, it is far more difficult than for others. But I think we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we did not see this moment in time as an invitation to lament those difficult emotions that are being stirred up for all of us. And so I'm, I would just want to share real briefly a few things that I do to engage with lament. And I, I do recognize that there's a need for corporate lament, for uh, national lament. Um, I'm focusing on individual lament today, which I believe is actually a stepping stone to a more collective practice of lament. <clears throat> so for me, lament, has to happen in embodied actions. It can't just be in my head. And 
one of the ways that helps me most to engage the difficult emotions is through journaling. And so I might just sit out on my patio and um, just sit with God. And I might just sit in that moment and think about the week and the difficult emotions of that week. And it's <laughs> these days, it's not that hard to stir up some. And I will just write with God an honest assessment of my feelings, whether they be anger or sadness or grief or fear. And I might even just imagine him there with me, sitting there with me. And I might close my eyes and just kind of offer that up to him. This is where I'm at, God. This is an honest assessment of where I'm at. And while I do believe that it's helpful to have the perspective that, uh, you know, my current crises of, you know, not being able to go to the pool for the summer or emergency appendectomies uh, may not be as traumatic as others' crises. In that moment, I do not seek to diminish or minimize my pain in any way. I believe that God uh, desires honesty in our inward parts and it's just silly to pretend with him. He knows. <laughs> and really the only way to healing is through full honesty. And so I seek to be as honest as possible with him. I also really believe in praying um, psalms of lament and I, I pray them out loud to him. And if you did not see the video that Dave sent out in the beginning of the quarantine from Tim Keller, I believe it was um, How to Walk Through Dark Times or something like that, it's a YouTube video, I highly recommend it. He talks about uh, Psalm 88 as a prayer of lament. It's a very appropriate Psalm right now. And, um, and he helps you to see how um, when we engage in lament with God, we learn more about God's character through the process. And so I highly recommend watching that if you haven't yet. And then just finally, one other thing is that um, I have learned that there are certain kinds of suffering in my own life and in others' lives and certain kinds of laments that it's just not possible for me to fully engage with on my own with me and God. And so I have trusted people in my life that I will take those kinds of hurts and laments to regularly and um, sit with them and they will listen and then they will help me to offer that to God and there's something really healing about being the body of Christ for each other in that way and so um, I believe that's also an important part of engaging our stories of suffering so I think that's it for today. Um, I would love to chat any more. If you have any other questions, um, just reach out to me. Thanks, friends. Well, thank you, Kaylee. Um, confession time, everybody. I'm probably the cause of at least 50% of Kaylee's angst, and uh, so I want to take just maybe half the credit of the um, the exercising the the spiritual muscles that she's built up, and um, actually. I, I really do look up to my wife in this. She is way better at lamenting. She's way better in, at it than I am. And and I can honestly say that our family has changed. I have been changed um, because she has done that work, because she has learned about herself and, and what to do with that anger. Um, 
she helps to diffuse and and is just a, it's been a tremendous tremendous thing for our family so first Kaylee thanks for for sharing and Noah thank you um, but thank you for doing that difficult work and I love you and I'm proud of you uh, so we're gonna we're gonna exercise a little bit and it's your turn so what's gonna happen is I'm gonna walk off camera for four minutes four okay and as I do, I want you to follow in Kaylee's lead. Um, the idea here is to try to turn in, try to name the emotion that is messing with you. Um, and so, if you know, like we know what's kind of messing, with, maybe you can put a name to that and, and spend some time thinking and, and praying and talking to God about that. Um, if you don't know, right? If things are swirling and uh, uh, it might be helpful to write down some of the things that come to your mind when you think about angst. You know, what's, what, is, uh, what, do you, what do you find yourself complaining about? Um, things that make you angry? Uh, something that you're suffering with personally? Frustrations? You know, those sorts of things. And, and as you think about those, uh, there might be an, um, one particular emotion or a couple emotions that, that kind of rise to the surface. And, and so the idea here is to take those emotions to God. That's really what lament is. To take those things to God. So you might come out the other side here uh, realizing, man, I'm, I'm angry, or I'm hopeless, or I'm fearful, I'm, I'm irritable, or I'm, I'm sad, I'm confused, right? All of these emotions are things that we take to God, that we need to lament. We take to God, we lay them down, we tell them, we tell them how it is. Um, because they're kind of like dashboard lights. Right? You have you have a red light pop up on your dashboard, you know it's probably time to call the mechanic. And so these are things that, that help us pay attention to what's going on in our hearts. And so what we're gonna we're gonna spend four minutes. Um, and and you know you might if you're there as a family, you might want to just kind of do a, a minute or two, especially if you have kids, maybe a minute, ask them, you know, what's making you sad, what are you scared about, what you, like those kinds of things. Um, and then, and then maybe for, the, for half the time, maybe you just kind of share. If you can name something, or you can share some of the stuff that's, that's been hurting you and harming you. Um, and then what's going to happen is I'm going to interrupt some fantastic conversation, I hope. And you're going to have to put pause on that and come back to it this afternoon, sometime this week. Um, but that's kind of what we're going to do, okay? And if you're alone, then I would just say journal. Write it down. Uh, if you want to share something in the comment section in Facebook or Zoom, uh, feel free to do that. Uh, maybe we can interact. Uh, you can interact that way. Um, but let's do that. So three things. What's stressing you? Um, and therefore, what emotion do you need to talk about? What, what emotion is coming out of that stress? What can you talk to God about? Um, and then share that emotion with somebody else. Okay? Two hundred and thirty-nine, two hundred forty. All right, that's been about four minutes. So sorry if I'm interrupting some good conversation. Uh, if you went to the bathroom and made toast, well, you missed out. So um, anyway, we are. Um, yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if you if you were able to name some some emotions that you're feeling, or at least maybe what is causing you to to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. Um, 
I have a great counseling resource actually, and I, I printed it out. It's called an emotion and feelings wheel. And I brought a picture of it, printed it out. This is one from Junto, the Junto Institute. And you can actually, I could email this to you, or you can just go on uh, like image, uh, Google Images and, and type in uh, emotion and feelings wheel. But I'm just gonna hold this up, real professional-like. I don't know if you can actually see it, but I gave it a shot. Uh, but what it does is like, um, it's so, so it's, for, the, for example, sadness. It gives a whole bunch of different things. Suffering, sadness, disappointed, shameful, neglected, despair, dismayed, displeasured, regretful, guilty, isolated, lonely, grief. Um, and and there, are, there are positive emotions, there are negative emotions. And, and I can't tell you, like, it felt like Christmas when I ran across this a few months ago. And then I think Christine mentioned, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had that for, like, 700 years. Thanks, Christine, for sharing. So I will share with anybody that wants that. So um, I just, I'm finding it to be a really great tool. Um, so just in wrapping up, guys, I know that this is hard. Um, and even talking about it, there, there's, there's some fears that rise up in me that I'm, that I'm going to offend somebody over something. And, and because of the, the, the divides and, and all that kind of stuff, um, it, this is just hard. We're living in a difficult time. Um, but as we, as we think about this, uh, the prayers of lament, right? They're ways to approach God with the realities of that anger, that sorrow, that frustration that, 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 that builds up in us. And it is that valve that needs to get let off so that, so that our hearts can be well. Because I do believe that God wants to heal us. He wants to heal our emotions and get us onto the road, road to recovery. He wants us to live with full hearts. So I want to encourage you to take your lists, uh, if you made lists or your emotions, and I want you to spend some more time with that this week. Find some quiet time to journal um, about how you're feeling, about the things that are making you whatever that is. And talk to God. Cry out to God with your words. Or if you don't want to write it down, lay down. Get on your knees and, and pray and talk it out with God. Here's a question. Maybe you want to ask God, what do you want me to see inside of myself? God, what is it that's stirring in here? What's causing that stirring in here? Right? If we can get to the cause of some of the stirring, we can. F God can heal that. He can fix that. He can reorient us and straighten us out. What sin might you need to own? Might I need to own? What do I need to repent of, to turn away from, in order to be spiritually well? Remember, good lament leads to worship and praise. So maybe you want to, you know, you'll know, you'll know if you lamented well when you get to the end of something and you just have this, oh, the weight has been lifted. So crank up the music, sing to your heart's content, annoy the neighbors, do whatever you have to do, right? So I hope that you can have some wonderful uh, lament coming out of this. Uh, lastly, if you have any theological, if you need any theological resources, articles, or sorts of things that might cover some of the topics that are swirling in your heart, you know, it, it's hard to weed through stuff. It really is. 
and you're not going to find it on the news. You're not going to find what you're looking for. And so if, if Dave or I could be a part of, you know, kind of helping resource you um, with what you are lamenting over, you really want to know God's take on, on um, things, we'd be happy to, to help walk you through that. So let me pray for us and we'll finish up for this morning. All right. God, we're grateful that you are a, are a father who wants to hear from his kids. And you know we're hurting, God. You know our hearts. You know what we're in need of lamenting over. You know the burdens that we're carrying that we have no business carrying. And you promise, Jesus, that you say that, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so your invitation to get into that yoke, really, it really is an invitation to lament and let it go. And so, God, we, we pray for your grace. I pray for my brothers and my sisters and ask that you would pour out your grace on them. And that as they um, practice this, this spiritual discipline of lament, that they really would find freedom and healing uh, that comes out of repentance and putting down uh, their rights, putting down um, their pain. So we commit ourselves to you, God. We want to be your kingdom people. Empower us to do just that this week. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.